Hello and welcome to the latest Retina UK podcast. I'm joined today by Retina UK's founder and honorary president, Linda Cantor, MBE, and our head of fundraising, Deborah Lang, for a chat about legacies. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Deborah, could you start by telling us a little bit about legacies and their importance to Retina UK? Of course, legacies are gifts and wills essentially, so people making provision to support the charity when they're writing or updating their will. And those gifts could be what we would call pecuniary gifts, so they could be uh, set amounts of money that somebody would like to leave to us. They could be a residuary gift, which is a proportion of someone's estate after they've made provision for other people. Um, And they could also be specific bequests, so occasionally people will leave something very specific like a car or uh, an item of furniture, something like that, or perhaps a piece of jewellery. Legacies are a great way to support a charity like Retina UK, um, alongside making provision for loved ones, friends and family and those who are important to us, because you can continue to have that really significant impact after you're gone. Um, And just to give you an idea of how important legacies are to Retina UK, um, they brought in more than £2 million over the last three years, which obviously makes a significant impact on our work. Goodness, I bet they do. That's that's quite a quite an um, impressive sum of money. It is. Linda, we're here to talk about legacies today, but before we touch on that, I'm sure listeners would love to hear a little bit about how the charity came to be and your role in its development over the years. Well, it was one over 40 years ago when I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. And I went to the RNIB and said, very proudly, I've got retinitis pigmentosa. Um, what can you do? I said, you got a white cane? And I said, no. I've still got a white car outside. And they didn't as much as have a pamphlet on what would happen to me, what the disease was about, how did I get it? And I thought, went home and I thought about it. I had two young children at the time. And I thought what we've got to do is found a charity for it and give patients the knowledge they needed. I mean, I just didn't know anything. And I was very lucky, my father's sister, my aunt, she was a very intelligent lady and I rang her and said, could I go up for the weekend and chat to her about this? And we did. And she agreed to try and help me start a charity for it. I thought it would just be a, a small little club where people who've got the actual disease could meet up and chat. And that was it. And I'd kept it all. The ophthalmologist I'd seen told me it was very rare. Well, then I was asked to go on a BBC programme called In Touch. I expect a lot of you have heard of it. And I was interviewed and they asked me uh, what did I propose to do. And I said, well, we gather as many people that have got it together and have this little club. And I gave my 
name and address. In those days it used to go out on a Saturday, the Sunday afternoon. And by Tuesday morning I had over 500 letters. I didn't know what to do with all these letters. And I got two girlfriends in who helped me with the typing and replying to them. And I realised that the extent of the disease was far, far beyond what I thought of. And, well, I could say that was the start of it. But we got a lot of support from the medical field. Professor John Marshall, who's still with us, came along to the very first meeting and said he'd help us. And slowly we gathered a medical advisory board and we had to write a deed of trust, which my aunt did. I haven't got the faintest idea how to write a deed of trust. And it was passed. And as they say, that, was, that is the history. A lot of hard work's gone in since. And the, uh, the charity is very, very different from what it was in those days. So Deborah, I understand the charity has um, paid for quite a, a lot of research over the years. Um, are you able to tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, so um, obviously in the uh, more than 40 years that the charity has been going, we've funded a, a great deal of very much groundbreaking medical research. In fact, we've spent and invested more than £16.5 million into research over the years. Um, and those research projects, which have covered a, a huge variety of different subjects, different conditions under our umbrella, have really paved the way for some of the progress that we've been seeing recently in terms of the increase in clinical trials that have been taking place. And obviously, the launch of the very first treatment for one of our conditions a couple of years ago um, for a very specific uh, genetic condition but it's still a great milestone for us that we've seen something actually come to market and become available. Um, so we, we invest in uh, what we call preclinical research, so lab-based research which is exploring um, the mechanisms behind these conditions, what causes them, obviously they have a wide variety of genetic causes, looks at how the, um, the conditions develop and progress and obviously um, one of our key priorities is exploring potential treatments and therapies for those conditions, whether that might be gene therapy, stem cell therapy, um, there's new um, therapies coming through the pipeline on subjects such as optogenetics um, and also looking at drug repurposement, so whether there are any treatments out there for other conditions that actually could be repurposed and have some benefit in inherited sight loss as well. So there's a huge amount over the years that's taken place in terms of medical research and we, we really are starting to see the fruits of that now, which is um, tremendously exciting, but we know there's a lot more still to do um, to achieve our objective, which is essentially for there to be treatments available for anybody living with an inherited retinal condition. 
And these, th this research is incredibly expensive, is that right? That's true. Medical research is expensive. You've got the expertise, obviously, of the scientists who are involved in the research. You've got all of the technology that they're using in their laboratories. And when you look at some of these um, potential therapies, when you're looking at stem cell therapy or gene therapy, these are very new, highly specialised technologies. And actually, inherited retinal conditions are very much at the forefront of some of that kind of really new and exciting technology but as you say it is quite expensive so we need to invest as much as we possibly can to keep things moving and bring it all to fruition. That brings us nicely onto the subject of legacies Linda. I know that you have included a gift to Retina UK in your will. Could you tell us a little bit about why you have decided to do that? Obviously the first reason is that Retina UK is nearest to my heart in charities, but the thing I really like about it is whatever I leave the um, charity, it's tax-free. Mr Taxman cannot touch that money, so that really pleases me after paying taxes all my life. Knowing that it will go to the charity, whatever figure I state in my will, I know the charity will get that amount. It was <clears throat> decided that we should have a medical advisory board. And so I know that all money that's spent on research has to be vetted by the medical research board and then it is presented to the board of trustees, which are all people either with retinitis pigmentosa or have children or close relations, so it's got, it's kept safe. We won't get it being spent on what I would consider unworthy causes. If you leave money to our charity, it will be vetted by our medical advisory board. The board of trustees also have three medical advisors on it, so it's doubly safe on where they're going to spend the money. And that's so important, Linda, isn't it? Knowing yes. that um, that the money is um, is is not being wasted. It's it's all invested in um, in ways in which that it can make the biggest difference. I think that if people can leave money in their will, however small, it will go to a good cause. And I will know that members of our charity will get advice to take the right treatments. One day, hopefully, there won't be any need for Retina UK. But in the meantime, we've got to go on working hard, invest as much money so that future generations will get the right treatments. Thank you, Linda. Um, Deborah, if someone has been inspired by Linda's story to leave a gift to Retina UK, how might they go about it? Well, first of all, Jane, we would always recommend um, that somebody speaks to a solicitor, a qualified solicitor, if they would like to either make a will or perhaps update an existing will. Um, if you do need some support to find um, a, su a suitable solicitor, you can visit the Law Society website, uh, which is lawsociety.org.uk, and they have a find a solicitor 
button there so that will help you find a solicitor if you don't already have one um, and working with a professional like that means that they will support you to use the correct wording when you're describing what you would like to happen um, and they will make sure that they use Retina UK's name, address and registered charity number so it's really clear where you want your gift to go. We do have um, information on our website as well if anyone would like a bit more information about how to include a gift to the charity in their will. That's retinauk.org.uk forward slash legacy. Um, there's also a leaflet on there that people can download, which has a little bit more about Linda's story on there and more detailed information about how to include a gift to us. And we also have some frequently asked questions on that page as well, if anyone's got any questions they'd like to find the answers to. We also have a link on that web page to our online will provider. We work with an organisation called Make a Will Online. That's actually an opportunity to make a will free of charge online if you would like to do so. So that's an option for people if they're interested in that route. And also we're always very happy to speak to anybody who would like to talk to us about their plans or to get more information. Um, they can call the office on 01280 821 334 and if they ask to be put in touch with my colleague Nathan, he'll be delighted to talk to them about how they could go about leaving a gift and also the impact that their support will have. We know that research shows that although 35% of people say they would leave a charitable gift in their will after ensuring that their loved ones um, are um, accounted for, in reality, only 7% of people do actually take that step, amend their will or write a will to include a charitable bequest. So if anybody has been inspired by everything that Linda's been talking about in terms of the growth and development of the charity that she started all those years ago, we would urge them to actually take action, make an appointment with a solicitor to review your will or to write a will, um, because that support really will be invaluable to us question that springs to mind Deborah um, what if someone has left a gift in their will but under one of the charity's previous names so we do get that happening relatively frequently obviously um, some people have written their wills quite some time ago we were we began life as the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society we were RP fighting blindness for a time and now we're Retina UK um, but just to put people's mind at rest if that is the case and they have got one of our previous names in their will that won't be a problem the solicitors will be checking the charity commission registered they'll be able to see very clearly that those are our previous names um, obviously when you're updating your will it's worth just tweaking that to bring it up to date um, but it won't cause the bequest to fail or not reach us in any way so that's not a concern. Well that's reassuring. Well thank you so much to both of you for joining me today. Um, that's been so interesting and really something that um, that all of us really ought to be thinking about whatever age actually. Um, if there is a cause close to your heart that um, you want to leave some money to um, after you have gone then do it now don't wait until um, until it's too late mm -hmm. thank you thank you Jane thank you <laughs>